You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Uh, Did you really say next Sunday? On accident, I meant this Sunday. Uh, uh, you told us this that Sunday. That would explain yeah. it. Oh yeah, no, I meant this Sunday. Um, this is fun. We can come back next Sunday. Uh, yeah, Or well, Dan can come back now. Yeah, just pause it. Right. Unpause it uh, after 144 hours and uh, everything will be great. Is that exactly how many hours it would be? I was, I just pulled that out of one year. Is it? How many would it? Because they, you said it like, oh, maybe you'd figured it out before. Because I've always been curious, but 24 times 7, pretty much. All that's important is that I sounded confident. You did. I believed it. Like that. Mm-hmm. I'm fact-checking that in my head right now, uh, which which proves nothing. 48, 72. See, that's where I fall on. I could just be wrong again. So Christmas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christmas. Why don't we talk about the sketch we just listened to? You guys want to know anything about that sketch? I that do I just want played? to know something about that sketch. I want to know about now, the wall. While there's half a chance that next week uh, we're just going to redo this, if you can both make it. Um, but you are both welcome. One, one, we're seeing what's going to happen. One forty-four is six days. Mm-hmm. Add another twenty-four to that, See? and you get one sixty-eight would yeah. be a full seven days worth of hours. Mm-hmm. Seventy-eight Thank hours. Thank you for doing the math. Math is um, mm-hmm. the only thing that separates us and the animals. Well, I, f- I feel very bad you guys mapped out the night, as did I. Um, what do you want to do, guys? <laughs> want to do this as an alternate podcast that has some uh, some special meaning that um, or, or, or functions in some way as the B-side of next week's A-side. I think mm. so. Did you ever do extra work, Taylor? Did I ever do extra work? Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did extra work. Uh, no, that's not true. Haha. Wait, There's... hold on. Welcome to the Professional Blur Podcast. My name is Jason Klom. My co-host this week is Alex Salem. Hello, Jason. Uh, my guest, uh, our guest this week is the delightful Taylor Jessen. Hi. Um, so Hello. what you will not have heard is that this episode started out as an episode of the Dan and Jace Comedy Hour podcast that I poorly scheduled. So, um... We are doing this on the fly. My first question, Taylor, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and then we'll get into your your extra work experience. Well, my name is Taylor. I'm an obsessive, which uh, uh, I'm I'm an archivist for two uh, comedy groups. Mm-hmm. Um, archivist for two comedy groups, uh, Firesand Theater and Duck's Breath Mystery Theater, and also do uh, some archiving for Native Land, which means that uh, I'm going to be busy for the next 50 years mm-hmm. uh, transferring tapes and turning them into reissue projects. Um, my extra experience is a little obscure Mm -hmm. and I can't unfortunately even remember the name of the director whose project I worked on. Do you remember some specifics? Don't tell me what they are yet. Do you remember some specifics about the shoot though? Oh, I can tell you much about it. (gasps) Oh, and I think I know what it is. In just the last couple of years. I think let's not talk about it. We're not going there yet. Oh, okay. You're too fast. We're, sa- we're saving it. You're too fast. Oh, I... I, I like a morsel. I, you didn't I, know. I've you didn't jumped, know we were I've, even doing this podcast. I've, I've jumped to outline letter H. Mm-hmm. You need to move through B, C, D, E. This is exactly right. So A, oh, question we just A. Left, we just, no, you, we just you're, left A you're, right you're, behind. You're driving, man. Drive what, it. What's your first time on a set? Any kind of a, a set. It could be a student film. doesn't matter. Tell Alex and I about your first time on a set. Taylor Jessen. Um, this is probably wrong, but I will tell you anyway because it's a better story. Uh, there was, um, I moved from uh, Boise to 
uh, Burbank at age 25 in 1970. Uh, 1970. Yeah. <laughs> that would place you. Were, let me do the math. Hold on real quick. Six. 166 hours ago, I moved to Burbank and. Uh, no, it was only. Boy, it was still called El Burbank back then. It was then. only 144 <laughs> hours ago that I moved here in 1997. Mm. And El Burbank, uh, of course, short for Luther Burbank, uh, for whom it was now. Uh, continue. I'm sorry. The cousin of Truman awful. Burbank. Yes, exactly. Lou to his, his special friends. Uh. I had already sort of met, knew some of the people in Negative Land. Mm-hmm. And Negative Land, uh, if you're not familiar with them, are a bunch of uh, collagists and media pranksters who do a lot of wonderful uh, culture jamming, have been doing it for like 40 years in the Bay Area. And one of the things that happened was in about 98, 99, was it? Mm-hmm. They found... Um, they found a guy. His name was Bob Chance. Bob Chance is a musician, still is. He lives in Orange County somewhere, Buena Park, I believe. Bob Chance is one of those guys who almost had a career in the 70s and the late 60s as a very successful pop songwriter and had it scuttled at the last moment. One of his songs was due to be sung by Tom Jones. Ooh. In a uh, in a TV it's called set. What's Next Pussycat. It was the sequel to What's New Pussycat. What's Under the Pussycat. Uh-huh. Uh, whoa, and, whoa, whoa. Yes, t- standards and practices said no. No, his song was a really great kind of upbeat song uh, called uh, Colors. And it was just all about a bunch of colors of the rainbow. And it was a big upbeat Tom Jonesy kind of song. It was okay. about to be performed by Tom Jones when it was usurped by another song. He uh, had a bunch of albums that he kind of put out himself in the... In, in Southern California. And some of these made their way via thrift stores to the guys in Negative Land. And they listened to them. And there was really good pop use. And they could wonder who the hell this guy was. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, they found him. Uh, and uh, they decided, being the pranksters they were, that they were going to create this entire fake history for him that was only like a half lie. This is already several mm-hmm. layers in. I yep. love it. Yeah, yeah this some is my, of this my was, kind of shit. Some of this was actually accurate, and some of it was just made up in a negative land prankster sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Bob, the man himself, lived in Buena Park, and they got him to come to Cal State Fullerton to a studio with a green screen background, and one of the one of the negative land friends, uh, Tim Maloney, who you know, mm-hmm. is uh, based at Cal State Fullerton, and he got a bunch of his friends to come there and pretend to be extras in videos, mm-hmm. fake videos that they shot for several of his songs. If you go on YouTube, you can actually see one of these. It is not labeled as a fake video, but the song is uh, the bomb. Mm-hmm. This is in the late nineties. They're producing fake videos to look like they matched the songs back in the late 60s, 70s. Exactly. It's meant to look like it was shot in maybe 68, 69 as a scopetone or something. Right, right. And sorry, they, and the, I'm sorry, what was the name of the character again? Bob or? Chance. Bob Chance is the name of the Thank guy. Thank you. Right, okay. They had this set They they had this set, set up and uh, they um, shot the thing. And a bunch of people showed up and wore vintage costumes and I was... Uh, on the set, I was dressed in a, in a conservative sweater. I had hair at that time, so I parted it the wrong way mm-hmm. and wore a vintage shirt underneath the sweater and became the token up with people guy. Up with people. And there were there were uh, a bunch of uh, there there were uh, women uh, shaking maracas and tambourines, and there were guys uh, pretending to play um, the guitar. And mm-hmm. he Bob mimed his songs. 
And we did like four or five songs. Did they make him look 25 years younger than he was at the time? <laughs> to the degree way? they could. <laughs> to the degree that was possible. Yes, uh, the the item that uh, you are looking at there, Jason, that is in black and white, this that is the one. Is the one. All right, I that mean, is that is the one. We might as well just watch it. I feel like I'm watching UHF. No, Forbidden Zone. That's right. And I apologize. the The audio is terrible. Is that you? Did I just see you? I don't or know you if you elsewhere? can see me in this one. Okay. Oh, I see what you're talking about. He looks like a middle aged man with. A, like a 60s teeny boppers wig and scarf and a uh-huh. scarf yes indeed you got it yeah the scarf's important but it's possible to see you in a different shot is what you're saying at this point you might only see me in a different video and i don't okay, know okay. if any any more of these ever got out i am loving the second wave brit pop psychedelia mm-hmm. uh vibe from this like um a, uh, a copy of a copy yes it's good pop it's a bunch of good songs, it turns out. Yeah. And we just stood there in the studio, and he went up there and mimed all these things, and we pretended to be the band. Uh, so that was great. Um, that was my experience on uh, a set. It was legitimately a set. We, uh-huh. sh- we shot something. Do you, where, do you As you can tell, what, it's on YouTube, therefore it's legit. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is called The Bomb, not the Jubal's bomb. Children. Oh, Jabal's Children Jabal's is like children. He, he was uh, in a band called Jabal's Children, but he oh, wrote this song. And so he has, I believe, put it up on his own YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is is this the one that was ousted uh, and did not go, uh, that Tom Jones did not go with? Did he, did he go no, with the Sex one he Bomb didn't go favor? with. <laughs> I mean, instead of The Bomb. That's perfect. I yeah. will put up with the song Sex Bomb as remixed, as, as, uh, as mashed up. With Owner of a Lonely Heart. <laughs> that sounds great. I, I don't think I know that. That's either. a record I bought. That's a white label I actually bought. Uh, if you look for Bob Chance mm-hmm. and... Um, gosh, I wonder if you could actually find the thing I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give you the details later. But okay, look, that's fine. Look for a bunch of Bob Chance. Any Bob Chance videos you can... There's a good you, chance. You may see. Uh-huh, there's a Bob Chance. Me in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody? What? Well done. I don't understand what you're doing, Jason. <laughs> oh, you, oh, I I caught it. <laughs> oh God. Okay. I just I'm not on it today, gentlemen. We can, we I, can review. Okay. Well, you know what I just realized? None of us need headphones right now. <laughs> These are deafening me. But I like I like listening to the the quality that is going to be the final thing. Oh sure. I can I can we can talk like at the normal audible volume that your ears are capable of perceiving any old time. Sure, that's very true. That's not podcast, Jason. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. It's very not podcast. So your first time on a set was your first time being an extra, then. Like that's not. Yeah, so I'll probably think of something else later. But this is a legit uh, me being on a set doing a thing Mm -hmm. thing. So. Um, there were no none of the uh, pressures that one gets from being on a thing with, say, a budget. Sure, 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 sure. Um, Where'd you so shoot it? Didn't it? really count in that way. At Cal State Fullerton. Where did the, these series of videos fall in sort of their journey, their evolution as culture jammers? 
That's interesting because Bob, and I don't think this will be uh, giving away the game, Bob is a Trump supporter and a born-again Christian. Wow. And that happened sometime, that happened sometime actually in the last 40 years. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. when at the time when they shot these videos, they were still kind of talking to each other and willing to, all the guys in negative land who are very uh, woke and progressive and mm. not... Uh, <laughs> not born again Christian Trump supporters. Trump supporters, for the sake of the joke, wanted to make this into a thing that would be uh, a, become a Bob Chance reissue, and it was they were they were really ahead of the curve on this because since then at least one or two labels have put out reissues of Bob Chance albums. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They have dug the the people who dig for these kind of real interesting pop obscurities have found Bob and said, "Can we put out?" his album called It's Broken. And uh-huh. he said, yes. Um, but Bob's had a bunch of albums he's put out himself, including several Christian albums. Interesting. Um, that basically over years turned the project sour. They didn't want to deal with him anymore. Okay. And he kind of, I guess he didn't want to deal with them either. Uh, it could have been a great put on, but it's just sort of fizzled out. I see. Taylor's involved with and knows so many different subcultures that I, it kind of, it is legitimately difficult to track when you're telling me stories. I try so hard. Your Sp- enthusiasm, care, enthusiasm carries it. Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I want to, can I borrow that very quickly? To, uh, oh, that, yes. I was holding a bottle opener and, <laughs> and like an idle fool no, was play playing with it, with it like play one would it. fidget with a, with a spinner. And you actually had purpose to use for cube? it. Yeah, I want to keep it. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, <laughs> Do you have uh, another one of those? I wish I did. I'm so sorry. Oh, I don't want to take yours. Well, we can trade off yeah, on that's it. Fine. So I'll ask the question and then you play and then that's and then you good. answer and I'll play. Taylor, <laughs> have you have you yourself either, would you consider yourself through your interaction with Negative Land, or have you ever at a different time dabbled yourself as a culture jammer? Um, very slightly, but yes. Yeah, it just really, it only depends on whether you, uh, how loud your megaphone is. Mine isn't very, I've got a few people who follow me on Twitter and that's really it. Um, one I've of helped those people me, is Stephen Fry. I just feel like I need to point out one of those people is Stephen Fry. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's like emailing Douglas Adams in 1993. Because he, I didn't, he, did he, he respond to I everybody? He responded to That's everybody. amazing. Oh, See, I okay. didn't. I the didn't alternative get would be actually sitting down and writing more Dirk gently, and that would. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Right. Then you'd have to kill me. Um, I. Uh, forget the question. Oh, I mean, it's. You can do <laughs> a, lo- a lot of subversive shit. Mm hmm. Uh,. If, if nobody's watching, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, Negative Land is really interesting because they do a lot of subversive stuff, but they're hyper aware of what the law is mm-hmm. and they don't want to get sued. They just want to do something that's interesting to them, mm-hmm. which is why when they put out an album that was made of nothing but samples of <laughs> Pepsi uh, ads and and Pepsi material and called it Dispepsi, they had to <laughs> they had to rearrange the letters on the cover of the album so that you could could not read the word dyspepsy because they were so well read on trademark law. They wow. knew they could put this album out, but they could not spell dyspepsy on the cover. Of the I, I like that. I, I uh-huh. think that's what it's about. I, I don't think the the impulse to break the law for the sake of breaking the law necessarily achieves whatever point there is to be made. But, no, there's mm-hmm. not. There's not a lot of satisfaction in just being a ha ha. I did that kind of thing. But but doing doing something 
to that degree of absurdity mm-hmm. for the sheer pulling it off. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, I see the value in that. Yeah, yeah. no, I do Indeed. too. I, I, there, there's artistic effort to be, I mean, it, you're putting out an entire fucking album. Like it's like, you know what, this, this thing, not even close, but this thing that I'm pointing at this little project that I want to do something <laughs> with exhausted me, but I did a terrible job of it. Like it's, it's half-assed. I, I would like, I'd like you to walk us through it. Please. Okay, yes, fine. I, I'm closer to them so I can describe sure. to the listener uh-huh. how I'm looking at a short stack of yeah. Bill Cosby albums. Uh-huh. Well, uh, once all we're... of the eyes of which mm-hmm. have been very carefully redacted, black, redacted, redacted. In, a, in a manner not mm-hmm. just a re- <laughs> redolent of censorship, but uh-huh. of making him wear a blindfold, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as one would prior to being, say, executed. I'm just saying that's what it looks that's like. That's also a good sure. point. Um, it's, like, it's like the redacted bar on a text, but it's like twice as thick. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. two, two X, yeah, I took a, very a redacted big, bar. Very big marker and did this. Uh, Bill they're Cosby are, they're is aesthetically not pleasing. They are satisfying. This originally said Bill Cosby is not himself these days. It now says Bill Cosby is a terrible bartender these days. And, and then it bum. gave him a little drink and a pill bottle right next to it. Um, Bill Cosby. Is it one of those orange, uh, like the pill bottle that they've mm-hmm. now appropriated? Exactly right. Buy your weed in Mm -hmm. your legal California marijuana. This was entitled "Revenge." It now says "Justice." (laughs) He's got handcuffs on. Oh yeah. This was Bill Cosby is a very funny fellow, right? It says very rapey fellow, etc. Very. Wait, wait, can I? I I can't. Like you, you come. I need to see. Uh I want to see it because I only. Mm -hmm. Oh, you okay? You actually okay? Good. Uh huh. Because like what we're what Jason is failing to point out Mm -hmm. is he's actually blended a lot of this the the alterations of the lettering so that it, it actually like looks. More natural than you might think. Yeah, he's done the careful car- culture jamming uh, moment of, right. of doing the careful art direction. Much, much like when you see a like a stop sign that mm-hmm. says "Stop all war" or "Stop sure, sure, eating sure. animals." Yeah, if you don't notice That's... right away, it's, it takes a moment to wrestle my brother, whom I slept with, against his will. In parentheses, that was <laughs> oh, a wow. little simpler. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I... Sure, that one's again poor, like very poor. Some of these are half-assed. <laughs> this one is just Wilson, the, the volleyball, who's scared of him. Because <laughs> I just thought I wanted to draw made, a scared you, Wilson. You made the ball into Wilson. Yeah, that one the is ball the least creative. Why is there air with a cyan-colored Wilson looking mm-hmm. terrified? There's a lot of Da-da. things going on. There's, there's, there's so a lot of good. other things. Gallery that. showing, Mr. Clown. I'm thinking about it. Gallery showing. I want to do something with it. I don't know what that and then well, my first family thing. Which... I I feel like that like if we want a theme to this piece uh-huh. can we culture jam more media pieces mm-hmm. by now cancelled individuals yeah <laughs> yeah I'd be fine let's go pick up a few Louis C.K. albums a few God, I, my favorite just thing the, about just Bill the, Cosby just the, the, the movie posters to Kevin Spacey films oh yeah and Harvey Weinstein films yeah, yeah absolutely uh, I will tell you one of my favorite things anybody ever did about Bill Cosby was Greg Fitzsimmons, who did the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Was basically he's just like, no, I'm I'm doing Cosby jokes now. They're mine. Like he just will take a Cosby joke and just re- do it. I, I I completely agree. With I that. respect that. That like I think because <laughs> they're good jokes. Because um, uh, how uh, uh the Channel One Hundred One House of Cosby's uh-huh. or, or yeah, just J J Row J Roy Justin Roiland was tight. And then got cease and desisted by Cosby. Now, like, that's all back on the table. Like, any and all Cosby impressions, the worse, the better. Of course. Yeah, no, that's In one that of those. Spirit, I like that's that. one of those that I'm fine with is a bad Cosby impression. Uh, Taylor, now, this is a podcast about extra work, and I know you said you've got the mm-hmm. one, but I do have one other one that I can think of that I know you did that was mm-hmm. not on camera, though. You have been mm-hmm. 
in the background of at least one comedy album. Is it just the one? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Walla, uh-huh. me saying, ah, in one bit mm-hmm. on one Firesign Theater album. Mm-hmm. Which one is it again? Ooh. That's uh, Bride of Firesign. Now, at this point, were you their archivist already? Or, sorry, archivist? Oh, only, only, only sort of. Okay. Um, the Firesign really was, and I'm sorry it's too late for everyone in the world to take advantage of this mm-hmm. now, but literally, if you had showed up to one of their recording sessions, they would have grabbed you and said, come on, do Walla, get in there. <sighs> and you would have been on a Firesign Theater album. Mm-hmm. So I was Walla on one track on a Firesign Theater album. How was that? Who else was there? I, I mean, I know at least one other person. Oh, uh, weirdly, who I've also interviewed on comedy on vinyl. I can't remember, but they're all their their friends came for the, the three albums that they did in the uh, in uh, between ninety eight and two thousand one for Rhino. Um, all the people, all all the friends they knew in L A. would show up and just do a line. If they were there, I know. Do a talk. line, as it were. Not, sure, sure, sure. Uh, not sure. Do a line, and any then of, maybe do a line yeah, if you then want. Then do a line. I can not imagine Phil Proctor on coke. That idea is upsetting. It is upsetting, and apparently in the seventies he did do some coke. I'm not surprised, but I don't want to see it. It wouldn't have been the seventies if he hadn't. Got, he couldn't have made it through unless he had done some. I think mm-hmm. it is difficult to imagine, though. Mm-hmm. What we're what I think a lot of Jason energy. and I are both thinking of is an image that I didn't uh, see until a couple of years ago. It was an unpublished cartoon by Paul Mavridis, who is a, uh, a famous member of the Church of uh, the Subgenius and a cartoonist, who did a cartoon of the fire sign in about seventy four, and there's a drawing. Of the four people, of the four guys, basically sitting on a couch watching TV, and Proctor's just got this bowl of coke in front of him and a and a, and a straw up his nose. <laughs> it stuck out, and I wondered, was he was he on it? And mm-hmm. I, I because I wanted to put it in one of our new books. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put it in one of the new Firesign books, and he said, "Well, I, I God, I guess I did some coke in the seventies, <laughs> so it was in." <laughs> Holy shit, that's remarkable. Um, holy shit. Uh, now this might end up being a short episode, which is fine, because we didn't expect that we were going to have to do this. Um, but Taylor, let's take one of those two parts. And we have we have only one segment on the show, and that is called Five and Over. And that's where you take one of your parts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Five and over. You know, I haven't released any of the episodes. The, I may now have segment, to use that. That's the segment intro. <laughs> I, I have to Every use it time, Jason. I have to use it now. That's fine. I'm happy with that. Uh, where you take one of your parts, and since we have two to choose from, it's up to you, buddy. It's a coin flip. Expand it into its own spinoff. <laughs> Does that have to be the same format? For TV? Whatever. TV, movie? Pretty medium. Um, it doesn't um, have to be the same genre? The Walla Guy, a series. <laughs> whoa, for whoa, that guy. Uh huh. A series for Netflix. <laughs> you know, it's a very odd brand for you. Conveying emotions strictly through gibberish. I would watch this. I would watch that too, only because I have a secret plan, which is to get uh-huh. go all over the world and record people talking in gibberish. Uh huh. 
Gibberish, so, gibberish in America, in different places in America, sure. will sound different. Y- yes, gibberish. let alone gibberish in different corners. Oh, of are you kidding? Gibberish in Japan is going to sound amazing. Yeah, gibberish yeah, yeah. In what what so, Russia? So this is the quest that the character is on. Yes, that's his. There quest. we go. Because we need an arc we to this show. We got it. Oh, there's at least eight episodes on Netflix. I can already see. He's this. got to communicate to the executive at Netflix uh-huh. that he wants a budget for a show to take him overseas. Uh, from country to country, uh-huh. recording gibberish, but he has no language. Okay, I'm sorry. This is he happening right only now. Alex Salem is the executive, and you are the character whose name is. Okay, Alex Salem, you are an executive named Shram Flarp, and Shram, hit it. Just go. I'm I'm just an audience member in this episode. Well, how gibberish all across the globe, you say? <laughs> well, you're going to have to find a different way to communicate with every different part of the globe. I've been... A challenge, to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> Your old man and me used to joke about that back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Walla. Walla, you have always kind of felt like you were a son to me. I... God. I can't wait to see you go and do this. I know you're going to do a great job, pal. Yeah, yeah that's right. Netflix exclusive. We'll do, eight, we'll do 8 to 12 in the first season. I would easily watch. I'd watch this so hard. I, uh... Uh, Where you want to start? Walla Walla, Washington? Okay, I'm in. Well, Cupertino? Mountain Dew, Pepsi-Cola. Oh, my God. I would absolutely watch this show. It's making me think of Taylor. Taylor made me watch a movie called A Town Called Panic not that long ago, and... If you're not paying attention to the the subtitles, when you hear French and you don't speak French, it does, of course, to your brain, sound like gibberish, especially when they're doing crazy, crazy voices. Hmm. I feel like you should get the directors of A Town Called Panic to direct the pilot episode of Walla, or whatever the name of the show is. <clears throat> I'm I'm all for it. Okay. That's really good. And it's, uh, I mean, we've already cast our... our it's our, called, our called Walla B. DeMille. Walla B. No. DeMille. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's... I, well, I'll hold off on as many wallop Fine. puns for the next the remainder of this as I possibly can. I make no guarantees, but I will make an effort. Uh, who do we... Okay, we got to attach somebody very big. I mean, well, in my we, mind, I want a Sam Rockwell, but that's just because I want to work with Sam Rockwell. Uh, can I Can I, Can I? I see uh-huh. what you picture Sam Rockwell uh, doing in the show? Oh, well, see, I'm trying to think. Yeah, what part does... Taylor, what, what does Sam Rockwell play in this? And then we'll go from there. What do you think? Sam Rockwell is his traveling companion. Oh, okay. And he's going to be the guy who... Explains things. Oh, okay. To everywhere the he audience goes. is he Mr. to to the person that he the to the to the person that Walla is trying to get oh, I see. from. Okay, they so travel together. He to he, he speaks only talking. in Walla, and, sure, sure, and sure. Sam Rockwell explains what well, what he means is. Oh, okay, that's fine. So like, no, no, what he wants to know. Look, hold on. Uh, here's the deal. He just wants to know. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I got you, Walla. He's he wants to know. Uh, like, where do you think gibberish? Is man like that's that's all he wants to know. Like that. Can you do that? But like, you're... Ooh, I, I suppose I suppose I could. It, just just like how he did it. Exactly well, right. Yeah, man. Go ahead. See see what you can do. Well, do your own version of it though, man. So, Don't uh, like ape his shit. 
you know. Oh, oh, oh okay. So like, like. That's pretty good. He has a question for you. Did you understand his question? No. Yeah, he, he wants to know. He wants to know how, like, he wants to know what your uh, dialect is. Uh, well, you know, it's from around here. You know, it's always been the same one. I didn't think I had too much of a dialect myself. Where are you? Um, he, <laughs> but considering we are in Miami, Florida, that might have something to do with it. Uh, he thought this was Orlando, but he's excited that we are where we are. And he, he, he was uh, hoping to exchange. Uh, he wants to know where you got your sandals. Coles. He's, you heard that. But the confusing part is he understands your gibberish. I, I guess I want to know. You mean he you. understands my English, but I don't understand his All gibberish. Been, but he also understands look. your gibberish, which is throwing me. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the plot well, of this show that's is. That's good because I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, I, 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 if I'm and seen, if mm-hmm. I may, I, I think I think <laughs> he's got sort of like a um, uh, a mentor character mm-hmm. in the figure of. I can only compare this mm-hmm. to Philip Seymour Hoffman as sure. Lester Bangs sure, sure, in sure. Almost Famous. Yes, yeah. who's like he's been there. He's only on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's like definitely. I don't want to say jaded. He's definitely uh-huh. seasoned, sure. but he's definitely on the kid's side. Right. Yeah. He's on his he's side. He's going to give him some tough love, tell him where the good places to go are, what not to ask, mm-hmm. how much not to demand. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And like he's got, like, when we really need the whole plot and theme condensed, you're on the phone with blank and blank that mm-hmm. tells us everything that's going on. Yeah, we're gold. We've yet to do improv on this podcast before. Did not expect any of this to happen. Um, boy. Well, it's great for me because I don't have to think of any actual words. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, yeah no, I, I... Emotionally, uh, it's fantastic. Jason and I are just trying to keep up. Yeah. yeah. You're aware that... No, I'm dragging you along here pretty hard. <laughs> if, I had, if, I had, if I had to sell this show, I would still pitch it. You'd have to play the part. I mean, you understand that, right? Oh yeah, I I can I can bring it. I can I can bring it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Reticent TV star Taylor Jessen. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Oh, but I didn't tell you about the actual extra other thing. Oh, no. yes. Uh, I don't know how much I can actually tell you about only because I can't remember. Uh-huh. But there is a local director and he does lots of um extravagantly weird um sort of horror sci-fi films and I wish I could remember what his name is. Joe but, Dante. <laughs> uh, no, not as not it's, nearly it's as Joe, well known as as him. Um, Joe, Joe Dirte. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh he shot. He famously got kicked out of a parking lot of a Toys R Us because he didn't have a permit. <laughs> oh, a permit to shoot. Yeah. I thought he meant a permit to be there. <laughs> he did not have a permit to shoot. Uh, okay. He shot a film recently, like within the last two years, uh, that was uh, a horror film about a coven of people who take advantage of the fact that John Carpenter has just died and they try and resuscitate him. <laughs> And there's a party, and uh, some some demons are raised. Uh huh. And I'm there. As just, you do, <laughs> like you do. And I I'm there, and someone uh, with lines is uh-huh. explaining things, and we are reacting to them. And uh, and Tim and I are both in uh, that scene. How long ago did we, did you shoot this? This was sometime in the last two years. Last years. Okay. Okay. So I don't I don't know if that movie exists yet. Okay. Do you have any? You don't have any idea what the name of it is. You just know that it's a thing where they're trying John to John Carpenter. John Carpenter's pretty. Sur- just search movie where they try to raise John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Are you asking me to do that, or are you just telling the audience to do that? 
Well, I don't both. Have, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't carry a smart device, right, Mister? Do, do you do you carry a dumb device, an actively dumb device? I carry a dumb flip device, mm-hmm. and it's dead right now. I nah, tried it see, outside the door. I was going to call Jason and ask mm-hmm. him to open the door. When you say dumb device, I think it's something different. But like a flip device, to me, it's like it's so early two thousands cool. Oh, yeah. Like you'll never leave that. Oh, I'm glad it. I'm glad it. It. Uh, it has little cool notes coming off of it. Uh, it's just free, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Right. It was free. It's. It's definitely obsolete. But it's too busy being like, hey, cool man. To it's too busy wearing the backwards baseball cap. Whoa. <laughs> Jamming. Samsung. Pay by you go, T-Mobile. How long have you had this phone? Oh, probably five years. Okay. It will not power up. That looks quite a lot like the phone that I had 17 years ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It reminds me a lot of it. It's very good. It's a good phone. Bring the razor back, you guys. Play, play Snake on it. Mm-hmm. I play. I play Snake on. Do you have a game on yours? I think. I think it's. I think it's got a color screen. Oh. 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 Well. Yeah. Oh. Why? Well. See, Taylor's been getting by just fine without a without a, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. How much do you pay a month? Do you mind telling us how much you pay a month for that? None at all. I pay when I remember to put more minutes on it. Oh, okay. It's one of those. <laughs> Smart. Also good. Also good. I tried to find something, but uh, only things that come up are names of The Resurrection of Bronco Billy, which is uh, John Carpenter's first movie. Is this, so, pronounced, that's pronounced Bronco mm, with a hard C-H? I would assume so. Broncho doesn't quite work for me, um, but that is That's a weird spelling. That's blowing my mind. What in the hell could that movie have been about? Um, and what year was it put in? It is uh, 1970. It won an Oscar for Best Short Subject. He, editor, composer uh, of the music and co-writer of the film. Uh, okay, so he's, he didn't. He did not direct it. Okay, so it, but it is his first film in any capacity. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I was just that. confused there for a moment because Bronco Billy is, of course, like a famous circa 1978 film that Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood came to Boise and other environs in Idaho to shoot. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Okay, that's fine. How about hmm. let's do this? Let's do a little side, a little side thing. Don't normally do this. How about your parents? Because I know that your mother's in a movie. Is that the only movie your mother's in? And if so, just tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I guess. So it's, you never know, because pilots sometimes do like, hey, I'm going to be doing stunt shit in this movie. I'm going to be. It's true. They do the barnstorming thing and you don't see their face because they're in a plane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was in a documentary about uh, a thing she did, which a bunch of other women did in the early 1960s, where um, Dr. Loveless, who is the guy in charge of determining the uh, testing regimen for the Mercury astronauts decided, well, I've tested these men. Why haven't I tested women? They weigh less. It could be that they could be more adept at being in space than men. How will we know unless I test them? Mm -hmm. And he started sending word around the women pilot community saying, uh, do you guys want to come down and do these tests? In I think it was New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And it being a small, it being a small, it's, it's a, it's a small sewing circle for the men. It's a small sewing circle for the women pilots, Mm -hmm. wherever you go. And they all knew about it. And mom wrote to this guy and said, uh, you need me. And he said, Gosh, you're right. Come on down. So she was one of 13 women who took the first series of uh, tests, mercury tests, and passed them. 
Awesome. And there were three series of tests. One, the first was physical tests where you just get the you, the usual, the right stuff shit where they mm-hmm. pour co- uh, cold water in your ear and you be, you get oh. vertigo. Oh, oh, fuck I, I'm, I'm I'm picturing the the mon- the sequence, not from right stuff, but from Armageddon. Uh-huh. <laughs> fair, fair. The G-Force thing and the, uh-huh. and the, the psychological battery, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and where's mom goes up and says, I don't want to pay taxes anymore. And they say, that's fine. I'm going to save your space program. No more taxes for me. And um, there was there was a second series of tests. And the third series of tests was, uh, was jet training. Mm-hmm. And after the first series of tests, NASA found out. Uh-huh. Because this Dr. Loveless... Has a great name. Yes. Has a great name. Yes, he was he was mm. kind of an independent contractor. He was contracted by NASA. So when NASA found out that he was testing women, it was like, no, thank you. And I think the most brilliant thing about the most brilliantly ironic, stupidly ironic thing about this whole situation was that one of these women was named Janie Hart, and she was the wife of a senator. Uh-huh. And because she was the wife of a senator, she, there there were hearings. Mm-hmm. When this program got canceled, there were goddamn hearings about why did you people cancel this. Mm-hmm. And some of the men astronauts came on and said some outrageously <laughs> sexist <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the, the blood's get, blood gets in all the equipment? I mean... That, that was frankly what it was all about. There was an entirely paranoid uh, thought process going all the way down the line in the male-dominated space program. How are we going to deal with them menstruating in space? <laughs> and I didn't realize until this week uh-huh. that this is the same male-dominated space program that has been arranging for 50 to 60 years mm-hmm. to give all of its male astronauts time for a timeout, time for a little self-time uh-huh. in space. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. So which is the gender that really needs that time out in space? Whoa. It turns out it's the men. That's so funny. Did this did this come about in regards to the news story about how the, the toilets are busted on the space station right now? Oh, this is like a thing I, I heard about a week or two ago. I did ago. not hear about this. You guys I are, didn't hear about that. That's wow. Remarkable. That's, that's kind of really serious. It really is. Their backup plan is uh-huh. diapers. Uh-huh. Um, so you're saying is that their toilet is a bit of a space jam. Jason, that's not, those aren't the words I use at all. I don't oh, understand oh, oh, why. I, I'm... I was just paraphrasing. Uh, okay, cool. I don't know why you went with those choices of words. It just seems a bit odd to me. I thought I was speaking to my demo, but that's, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's this fine. is this is your show. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm merely mm-hmm. a facilitator, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I find I found it was brilliantly deployed myself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the name anyway. of the movie, but anyway, the way, yes, is Mercury and, Thirteen. Yes, I feel she like was. I say she that was. There, it, it's a very good documentary. It's on Netflix it right now, and it's about the Mercury Thirteen, mm-hmm. as as they were called by a producer. Um, mm-hmm. She's one of the 13. She is one of the 13 women. Um, and she's interviewed about her experiences in the thing. And she's great in it. I mean, because she's telling her life story, part of her life story. But um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, wait, hold on. I'm just trying to see... Uh, this is annoying me. Wait, hold on. Is her last name your last name? Um, yes, but add Stumbaugh at the end. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm just blind. Angelina Jolie almost uh, bought this as a property. I could, Uh, I could see that. 
She was very enthusiastic for a while, and then she let it lapse, as yeah. one as one does. It's, sure, it's a Hollywood thing. I mean, why make a, another movie about more women? We have a league of their own, so <laughs> why make a movie with multiple women in it? Got Ocean's Eight. <laughs> we got Sucker Punch. Yeah, I, mean, I feel. So, I mean, like why we're, we're good, right? Like we kind of covered all the angles for women. Why put them in space now? I, I don't. Exhausted. I don't like this because I I, I want to continue this bit. Uh-huh, however, be, because I was like. Oh no! Uh huh. I I can't think of the next slew of titles. Yeah, because there that aren't fit any. this nine to five. You have to go backwards. And and, ra- <laughs> and rather than admit it, uh huh. Maybe now I can say, you know what? This isn't a worthwhile bit. We're actually hurting more than we're helping. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But but it was only because I couldn't, couldn't think of riff as quickly as you. No, it's that's really the only just... reason. <laughs> Children's <laughs> Hour. Children's <laughs> Hour. Great film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, you told me about another one. What was the one that you told us about here when we had movie night a few weeks ago? There's one you mentioned that like is nowhere. It's not Harpy, Harper Valley PTA. What's it called? What the fuck was it called? Oh Who doesn't what, love Harper what, Valley PTA? What were we talking about? I cannot. It was something about a bunch of women who pull off a heist. Was it a heist? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, uh, so in, 19, in 1978, yeah. circa 1978, I think, I was uh, six. And uh, because it was the 70s and it was Disney, Disney was doing... Disney in the 70s was That Darn Cat and mm-hmm. The Cat from Outer Space and The North Avenue Irregulars. That's the North Avenue was. Irregulars is a, is a live-action film about a church women's auxiliary that um, notices that there is an illegal gambling den down the street and in in the back of, of a legitimate establishment of some sort. And they get angry and they decide they don't want them there anymore. So they, they become uh, a... a they, they, they focus on trying to infiltrate it and uh, um, get, get some sort of information that will help them shut it down because the cops won't help them. And I really want to see this once you've described it to me. Yeah, at this point, uh, this is you. Uh, we will have to uh, find a way to get it. It is one of those items that unfortunately is not on Disney Plus for reasons which are unknown to us. But this film was—is it—is it, is it because they 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 reflect cultural mores that have since become, shall we say, obsolete? Oh, I think so. I think the reason, the secret reason, is probably the song uh, "Pass a Little Love Around." This is, film is set in a strange universe where it was made in 1978, but it feels. Uh, in a musical sense, as if it were uh, swooped into from about 1966. Because mm. when the new pastor, who is played by... Oh, I am sorry. I can't remember his name. He has been... In... He was the head vampire in Lost Boys. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland? No, he was the... Oh, old, oh the, 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 guy. Gu- the guy who was also the dad in yeah, Gilmore dad. Girls yeah. and the dad in Richie Rich. Yeah. Sorry, uh, what is that guy's name? Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man, what is he, his name? He is the new. Uh, Any other time I could pull his name because I was in the middle of sending a message. I've absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. FDR and Annie. Just, Sorry. just right. pull up. Right. Just, just pull I up. I played the, him when we did uh, Lost Boys. Yeah, we did Lost Boys. He, he's also in this great episode of Thirty Rock where uh-huh. he plays the head of the co-op board when Liz is applying for a mm-hmm. new apartment. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Just, just, just look up the name of the uh, the, the, the the film, and then it'll also have the. Um, who you know? Well, he plays the new the new pastor in the church, and he is just as as outraged by this gambling organization as everyone else. And he uh, finds because he's the new progressive rev. Uh, Ooh, that sorry, Edward Herman. Jesus Edward Christ. Herman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Really? Well, then, then we, look up, go to, go to Edward Herman's whole IMDb and go to 1978, and then you'll find the IMDb page for this film, and then we'll get the full cast. Mm-hmm. Well, he, or you could keep sending the message he, you're sending. Basically, right he decides to go to, down the street and find a better band that mm-hmm. will engage the kids and get them to come to the church. And he finds a band uh, dressed in about 1966 costuming, and one of them has a tambourine. And they have a song that they play in church called Pass a Little Love Around. Monday, pass a little love around. Tuesday, pass a little love around. This sounds like Bob Chance. Wednesday, pass a little love around. There's never been a sweeter sound. Thursday, pass a little love around. Friday, pass a little love around. Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night, we'll be heaven down. And they sing it in church. And this happened because it was Disney and it was the 70s. There's, there's, a, there's no other, there's literally no other other reason. There's a few weird things happening. Is Harry in Anderson movie. in this film? No, but let me, I'll explain to you why I looked him up. So Cloris Leachman is in this movie. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Barbara Harris, Susan Clark, Karen Valentine, Michael Constantine, um, Melora Hardin. Uh, who's Jan from The Office is in this. Is right. a very young woman. She's also in Transparent. Yes, is she? Haven't and seen um, oh, some Miley Cyrus film. You know what? This train is not relevant. That's Let's fine. About There's it. a guy in this whose name is Dick, probably Fuchs, but Fuchs. If you're a kid, like Stephen Root's character in know, Barry. I just see Dick fucks. That's Dick all I fucks. see. Um, oh, this Dick fucks. <laughs> that was my next thought. Okay, so Alan Hale Jr. is in this, playing a character named Harry the Hat, which then made me think. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Cheers. I see. Harry Anderson plays a Get out of here, Harry. You're a flim-flam. And Harry the Hat. Why the fuck is he also called Harry the Hat? Taylor, do you have some context? Or is this a coincidence? Or is somebody on Cheers a big fan of the North Avenue Regulars? I'm going to go with that last option because this was... This is not a film that exploded in popular success. In Mm -hmm. fact, the reason that I remember this film is that it was playing the week before my birthday in... What does IMDb say this year was that it came 79. out? 79. 79. Yeah. So I was seven. Uh-huh. Perfect age to enjoy a live action Disney uh, caper film. Yeah. That's... I was going to go see it down the street at the corner of Vista and Castor Street in uh-huh. Boise at the, the Vista Theater. And that Friday, it was replaced by the next film that came along the line. There was no North Avenue regulars for me to see. That sucks. What did oh, you no. finally see it? On tape? Oh no! I'd seen it like the week, oh, a sorry, couple seen weeks it before, before. But you wanted to go see we, it. Again, it was going to be the big old birthday like a party. Real nerd. Thank. I was oh, going to yeah. nerd out on it, but no. So, question. Wait. So, how old were you? Do you mind saying your age? How old were you when you, when Star Wars came out? Two when years before Star Wars came out, I was five. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. And this is a little hazy, but I'm sure that I had seen it at least. 50 times by the time I was 10 because okay. the theater down the street was managed by a guy who lived two doors down from me. Uh-huh. So okay. we, got, we got in a lot. That's remarkable. Yes. But I also had the story of record. Harry Shearer, uh-huh. there's no one on board, sir. According to the log, Wait. the crew abandoned ship right after takeoff. Wait, Harry... I'm sorry. Harry Shearer? Harry Shearer. Doing, yeah, you know, doing, he, not, he does not, the Simpsons and Let's Show... <laughs> Oh, Harry him? Shearer from him? the. Yeah, he's in the Christopher. Oh, yeah. He's in a lot of Christopher Guest I films. I was trying to think I, of where I knew that name. I'd love to interview yeah. him. Sometime. Harry Shearer, like 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 cut. Yeah. So he wait, I'm sorry. You're talking about the the he, album, the story of Star Wars. I was yeah. just looking for it because I have it. I didn't know he was mm-hmm. on it. He was doing a lot of ADR, and I didn't realize that for years. But he's uh-huh. at least two characters in that movie. I wish. Here's the thing. wait in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, I knew, on but, the Death Star when the when they're about to go on board, and uh-huh. he's the, he's the guy who sends the scanning crew on. Mm-hmm. Not well, physically, because the, the, the actual, the actual yeah. actor was an English person whose uh-huh. voice was but replaced. He dubbed it. Yep. There's a lot of dubbing in Wait. this movie. Yes. Give me the line again. There's no one on board, sir. According to the log, the crew abandoned ship right after takeoff. That's right. That's remarkable. Oh this this I didn't God. know. I knew about Cliffy. I knew about uh, Cliff Clavin being in, in the third one. No, second one. He's in Empire, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Darth, uh, we might want to... <laughs> They might have just jettisoned before takeoff. <laughs> yeah, think about Hoth. I don't know if uh, you knew this or not, but uh, yeah, uh, that's remarkable. Boy, that uh, <laughs> I did not know. That Harry emperor Shearer. sure is strict. You know, Harry Shearer is in the first uh, Cinescope. Is it the first Cinescope movie? Indeed, the robe. The robe. Uh, as a child, as which a I still haven't child. seen yet. I have never seen it either, but uh, here it's about a robe. Um, Apparently, there's a robe involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is. So off the rail. I just feel like I should warn people again. We went totally off the rails, and it was a delight. What was the relevance of North Avenue Irregulars again in the first place? Oh, we were talking about women-centric and women-heavy movies. Oh, right. Movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is a good, that's a good women's it's, it's, I'd like it's to see from, it. I may be completely misremembering this mm-hmm. film, but what I remember of it was pretty damn funny. Imagine, if you will, two women in trench coats <laughs> Imagine walking if you will. up to- Two women uh, in trench coats. Walking up to who's a, guy, a bunch of guys who are obviously hoodlums, and they are wearing sunglasses and trench coats, and they are matching goddamn trench coats. Mm-hmm. They walk up to them, get very close, and one of them surreptitiously, Barbara Harris, mm-hmm. reaches into her pocket and starts- a cassette recorder. She doesn't press record. She press play. And it starts playing Roll Out the Barrel. <laughs> Barbara starts singing immediately and uh, nudges the woman next to her to sing along. And and they back away, keep singing, and disappear. End of scene. It's fucking delightful. Here's the thing. So I think we talked this about this. This is ahead time. of its time. This is like this, this is like like a like a real like seventies auteur director kind of getting in the mix there, like sneaking in under the guise of a Disney gig and right. being like, no, yeah. no, 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 but I want to make the real kind of shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love okay. I like, have you seen, these have you seen Taxi Driver? My <laughs> God, that's a good film. Uh, this movie is not on we were talking about, I think, because I have the trial of, of Disney H or Disney Plus. And it's not on there. Oh, oh, you you're trying it out. Yeah, because I'm attending the trial attending of Disney trial Plus. Of Disney Plus. <laughs> being <laughs> accused of being culturally insensitive for decades and then resurrecting it in a non woke exactly. fashion. It will happen soon enough. Now this one, do you know how much? Can you see how much you can rent it? Uh, buy it for HD on Amazon. Did no, you see? no, I didn't see. Seventeen ninety nine. That's what they do with can, the ones I no can, one's seen. I can buy rent it. it. It's, you rent it for three ninety nine. Oh, I can't I rent like. it. Oh, you yeah. Can. Okay, that's how I do Which, most of the drinking game films. Do you? I just open them usually, but yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. See, uh, this is fun because uh, mm-hmm. not the North Avenue Irregulars. Were you trying to be were... quiet and then you just no? Did that. I like I'm not I'm not going to be subtle. Like I am like what you hear is I'm trying to get my next beer, but it requires just that bit much so more effort sure. than I'm willing to. So I, I, I was waiting for a lull to actually announce uh-huh. it. Like guys, just so you know, uh-huh. I'm gonna just like own that I'm making this noise right now to mm-hmm. get the beer, but. I was looking for, and this clearly did not happen with the North Avenue Irregulars, but 
I figure since since you know mm-hmm. t- you know Taylor was kind enough, he was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. All right, he aged himself. I will I will do the same uh-huh. and say that the, the ones you first listed was that darn cat, and I forget what else from 1978. But when you say these titles or like, mm-hmm. um, we've spoken before about the computer war tennis shoes. Computer I, tennis I, shoes. I, lo- I love that one and mm-hmm. the other midfield college saga. Mm-hmm. To me, all of this is evocative of the 1990s made-for-TV remakes that they would do. I oh, assume for, sure. for Wonderful World Indeed. of Disney. And then I would watch them on the Disney okay. Channel. Yeah, these are most of these same titles, though. Okay. Very much the same school of, of thought from the producer's point of view. And very much the same results, I think, for us as viewers. Oh, oh absolutely. Although it did give me a whole new lens into Kirk Cameron that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a special lens right there. <laughs> I just They're all Voodoo Ranger. I wanted the other oh, one. Oh, was this the other one in there? Here, was it? To, uh, I, let me go grab one of you. I'll be right back. No, you, you guys... know, no, no. I'm gonna drink this. I'm gonna drink this. Are I'm gonna drink this. I can, get, I can get the other one. Okay, go ahead, get the other All one. All right, <laughs> tell somebody a story. The lens that we are viewing the beers through now is the lens of people who are looking for something other than Voodoo Ranger. I I suspect this is only for the sake of variety. Boy, I gotta tell you, I don't know when beer became so complicated. You know, back in the day, I used to hop down to the local Cheers bar and. Uh, yeah, me and my friends would just, you know, have a cold one. Oh, Walla's back, oh, my we, favorite we gotta, character. We gotta give that guy some water. Get him out of here. It's, it's, oh, God. Um, so, I, I don't know. You, Guys, sir. this started out as an episode you. of another podcast. I, by the way, is tempted to be like every 15 minutes, do a new show. Like, do a new, like, now we're doing comedy on vinyl. But it'd have to be an album the, all three the, of us the, had heard. The, the uh, <laughs> stolen dress round robin, if uh-huh. you will. Yeah, I mean, it might as well. I mean, I've got a few others we could burn through. We could do an album of the presidents of the United States of America's music. Anybody here familiar? Um, Only from mid-90s, ABC's Wonderful World of Disney remakes of Disney films. Ah, uh uh-huh. Were there any presidents? Such as My Date with the President's Daughter. Yeah. Sung by the the President of the United States of America. That is one that you can't buy. You can only buy as a single, I think. It's it's one of those you can't buy on a compilation even. No, there is one compilation that's on. Anyway... Hi, Taylor. Um, Hi. You were technically the guest of whatever the fuck is happening. It's fair that we're train spotting the things that we can only buy on singles. Uh-huh. I did the same. Yeah. So I... Here's they the- Might Be Giants performing a version. No, Ben Folds performing a, a, a bad idea. Wait. Only available on the soundtrack of Clueless? Over the Hedge? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, a he, bunch he, of good songs. He really songs. had a lot to do some with the soundtrack. Goods, some good songs that they did on Over the Hedge. With all ben, the fucks removed, of course. Ben, Benny Boy was the man, you know? Mm-hmm. He uh, oh, oh, yeah, he did remove all the fucks from the fucking, fucking... God damn. You know, I was just watching videos of his the other day because uh, I, I let my Spotify subscription lapse to uh-huh. save the $9.99 a month. That's a lot of So money. when I'm driving, what I'll do is I'll stare at my phone and I'll play songs right off of YouTube so I'll actually get the original <laughs> videos. And what struck me the other day was how different he looked in the mid-90s. I bet that's not all that struck you there. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, he wasn't quite as balding yet. He and I, I've grown into looking more and more like Ben Folds as the years have gone on. So you didn't look like him before the years went no, on? No, not really. I had hair. He was slow, slowly balding. I wasn't quite balding yet. Now we've got the same You looked hair. a bit more like that guy who was like the leader of the vampires in The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Edward Herman? My no, actually Edward. Keith or Sutherland. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I would take that, except it's not true. <laughs> it's the man I look least like. If I that's was a thinking thing. of Donald Sutherland. Just the long blonde hair. That's sure. all I was trying to go okay, for. Okay, that's fair. I could. I'll take Donald Sutherland. Had, also. You had the. You had the. 
Like I picture you, like mm-hmm. you younger with mm-hmm. the hair that you're describing now mm-hmm. mashed with the wardrobe that Simon Pegg wears in most of the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen me dressed as Simon Pegg from the world's end? Yes. You have seen that. Yeah. Oh, okay. world's end. Oh man. Are there, are there photos? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a world's end party where we had to have a Japanese subtitled version because it wasn't out on, on DVD yet. So we had to do that. Wow. My friend who- I couldn't make it. I was at the hot fuzz party. <laughs> I had a friend who was who was doing Nick Frost's character, but she uh, could not do seven shots, and understandably, so we gave her seven shots of water, and then uh, that, that she made it through those. But we thought she'd maybe do them all, but it didn't happen. What the fuck is this? I'm so sorry. To those listening, this is going to be released as a special episode of some kind, because we're drunk. A I mean, very I'm special drunk. episode. A very special episode. It's Taylor... about, uh, so about extra-ing. Extra Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I respect. I'd just like to announce to mm-hmm. to you in particular that I respect your career as an extra. And oh, well, thank you. The 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 uh, the spelunking you have done to find the footage. Mm-hmm. Oh, it to can be make a pain it in the to ass. make it available as evidence, uh, because as we know as archivists, mm-hmm. you you save the thing or it doesn't get saved. Did you see that? I what I released from this the other day, the Jimmy McNichol uh, <laughs> Champions of Love story. I'm not what? that. I think I did. What? Yeah. My mother's in this. His mother. You want you want to talk about 70s Disney live action? It's, it's not very Disney much in, in like. the slightest. But it is a TV but, movie. But I, I this is the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the hair. J- the hair and the collar with the, the my, yeah. what, what is this film why did he get credited as james vincent mcnichol he was a teen heartthrob his name was jimmy mcnichol well, it's, actually, was, it's supposed to be jan michael vincent oh jan michael obviously <laughs> antecedent to that in the same way that a mr michael fox was a co-star of midnight madness this is directed by <laughs> the cinematographer of chinatown <laughs> Oh, he's oh, good. He's it was a town good. film. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh huh. I wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Robert Town was the writer and the cinematographer. Of, wait, no. It wait, is what, a town is, film. Oh, wait, it wait. Is, no, the cinematographer. No. The cinematographer. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, John. But Robert Town. Robert Town has directed though, right? Yo, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Now I, I he directed a Johnny Depp film, I believe. At, uh, uh, where Johnny is, there's a garden. He plants his victims. Is. They turn into corn. Oh, um, you know what? I don't actually know the name of this one, but that is, you said Johnny Depp planting victims. Already, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is tracking with me. I would like to invite the audience at this moment mm-hmm. to if, turn if, the if show we're, off. If we're going to a point where we're like, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I ain't getting it. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. Uh-huh. I like to think we're going to get it, but we're still going to be wrong. And some enterprising member of the audience uh-huh. is going to actually be on a smart device or a dumb device sure. while they're listening. And they're going to find it and they're going to email you, Jason, uh-huh. or twit, twit, sure. twit. They're going to twit you, you can Jason. email me to the professional blur at, at, at stolendress.com. The professional blur at stolendress.com. And they're just going to, they're just going to hang your laundry my favorite eat, phrase. Uh, eat your. They're gonna. Eat my, they're gonna eat your lunch, they're gonna, man. They're gonna eat your shoes. They're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna eat your clock. My they're gonna friend. drop your acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, then it's gonna be the brown acid too. So Ooh, it's not gonna be you're good. Not supposed to you're not supposed to take the brown acid. acid. Yeah. I have a briefcase. <laughs> that you have a brief. That was uh, owned by the art director of Chinatown. Uh, went to his estate sale. Uh, I really wish we'd have had enough money to buy the bed that was in his bedroom because they're like, oh yeah, this is a bed from Godfather Two. This was using Godfather Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so happy I watched Chinatown last month again. I've never like, seen like, it. Like otherwise, I can't like watch it now. Now I've got a better. 
You can't watch why, it. Why not? Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Roman Polanski's had some trouble in recent years. I heard about that. I'm just not comfortable watching a Roman Polanski movie. They they uh, they, uh, they portray him in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that, do they portray is, is that, him positively? Is that, the, is that the problems? You know what they do? They oh, pr- haven't seen it, so spoiler. Uh, 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 just don't at, spoil at, the plot, but d- you can d- give d- us not, a hint of the portrayal. You sure? Because I don't have to talk about it at all. I can completely can move just, on. I completely d- understand. I'm just asking, is it a positive portrayal of a creepo? And I'm just saying swerve that's, around the spoilers. That, the yeah, point. yeah. That's all I want to know. Is it a positive? Um, okay, okay. There's there's no there's no plot spoilers here, but it's like um, mm-hmm. it, I I genu- in response to your question, I genuinely believe it is an absentee portrayal. Uh-huh, like I uh-huh. believe I believe he's hardcore trying to leave the gear in neutral uh-huh. on that question. As that much is a as weird possible. thing to do. I uh, would yes, have leaned hard into this guy's a freak. Uh, I would have leaned hard Let's, into I mean, this. Is this is also this is also not a not a spoiler, but uh-huh. like it is the Leo and the Brad Pitt characters' story. Sure, sure, sure. Yo, no, I know. I was just curious if he's gonna if you're gonna put him in there at all. I get that one play, character plays. Is it Margot Robbie who plays Sharon Tate in it? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, haven't seen it. I'd be interested in seeing that, even though Quentin Tarantino is a weirdo. I can say that uh, unabashedly. He's a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Movies. Ooh, can we talk about something I, I could have been in but wasn't? So I submitted. Nobody ever asked me to do this. I had took a bunch These, of your, your Your best stories uh-huh. start with that. Yeah, they do. So in Glorious Bastards, I knew it was happening. My dream still is to be in a World War II movie. Uh, because of Saving Private Ryan. After that movie came out, I was like, I think I'm a, war, a World War II buff. No, no, not true. The year later, I do my first, so 20 years ago, I do my first production thing. I get $200 to edit this whole movie, shoot this whole not, uh, video, that is. I spend that $200 on a World War II uniform, thinking that'll do me some good. Mm-hmm. I never use it myself. I shoot some great photos of Dan, which, oh, there's one of them. So I shoot some photos of Indeed. Dan. Indeed. turning That's Dan? Turn Oneonta, New York, into war-torn Europe. And I did, I, I'm going to give myself some credit. Did a pretty good job. Uh, recreated, you know, the bits of the uniform I couldn't buy. Took it with me to Chicago. I go to Chicago. Got my shaved head. A friend of mine uh, says, hey, I'm about to do a World War II short. I'd like you to be in it. I put on my uniform, my wool uniform, Chicago summer, 100 degree, degree weather, waiting outside on Michigan Avenue. Boop, 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 boop. No one ever shows up. Uh, he decides, I guess, that I'm not in it. Don't know what happened. So I never end up in that. I'm outside sweating my dick off uh, in 100 degree weather in a wool outfit. So, a few years pass, they announce it in Glorious Bastards is going to happen. you are still on the sidewalk. Still on the sidewalk. Uh, I have a little bit of hair, uh, and I've got my uniform. I'm like, fuck it, let's take some photos. Now, the photos, uh, you can see in them, I've got a weird, shiny spot right here on my forehead. Right here. Um, that's because uh, I've been dealing with a bit of a blemish. And send the photo. I, I think I sent, did I send the photos to his production? I might have. I was, my plan was I want to be an Inglorious Bastards. I don't have representation. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just send them off. Um, and then the next day, I, uh, I have to go to a doctor. To, I have to go to the emergency room because of this blemish. And they said, oh, yeah, if you'd have come in here one day later, you'd have been dead uh, because I had a zit that was killing me. <laughs> I had. I had a zit that turned into a staph infection. You can see me like in pain in all these photos where if Quentin Tarantino had even seen him, he would have been like, look at that guy. He knows how to play pain. I was was just playing um, painful zit on my forehead. You might have had a better shot if you just dropped him off at the new Beverly Center. probably true because he's always there. I saw him there once for a Shaun of the Dead midnight screening. That's where I met Edgar Wright. I... I'm sorry, Jason, but yes, Alex. I, I, I think I think you're a little off the mark. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think you're born to play World War II. I think you're born to play World War One. 
I'm fine with that. Get you one of them little flat helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a doughboy. I'm fine with that. Whatever that that is. Yeah, Yeah, that's Uh what what I'm picking. No, 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 no. Like British. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is a doughboy. No, doughboys were our our, our fellers. I don't know what they call themselves over there. They call themselves crisp gents. They call themselves sloughs, I Mm, think. mm, mm -hmm. S-L-O-U-G-H. After slough, where where Heathrow Airport is. Oh, that's that's how you pronounce that? It is. It is. You're watching the office. I was wondering that. I have just made that up. I mean that is slough is Taylor as always though you you you've done so with such a confidence that I don't all even, that, that's all that fucking matters mm-hmm. really is I don't even have to take the moment to wonder if I should ask the question let alone ask mm-hmm. the question it's just a given but I still want to be in a World War Two movie so it's out there still have the uniform for some reason doesn't fit anymore that's all um Taylor Jensen. Why don't you tell people about some projects or something that's coming up or something they should lower or just go to websites? There will always be more Firesign Theater reissue projects. Please mm-hmm. go to firesigntheater.com R-E. and you will see all of the new bits uh, being advertised. We have things you can buy through firesigntheater.com and there are also links to Bandcamp where many of our fine, fine reissues are and will be uh, sold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, sometime in the next five years, there will be a similar <laughs> panoply of projects mm-hmm. from the Duck's Breath Mystery Theater. Mm-hmm. I simply have to go through about 24 file boxes of stuff uh, before. You are now their archivist as well. I am now their archivist. Which is thanks can, only to me. Can, can I ask? It's you? true. It's true. Mr. Klom <laughs> interviewed Mr. Uh, Jim Turner. Jim Turner, uh, Randy of the Redwoods himself. Mm-hmm. And Jim was looking for an archivist. And guess who Jason told him to call? Thank you, Mr. Jason Klom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I ask you, Taylor, If can I get like a primer on the duck's breath? Because Please. Jason pointed out to me, let me know if I'm incorrect about this. They're Iowa-based. They they originate from Iowa. Indeed. They were born in uh, the Midwest. They all came from the Midwest, and they all met uh, as various adjutants to the University of Iowa uh, theater program. That is, four of them. Uh, two of them were uh, directors. One was an actor. Uh, several of them were writers. And uh, Jim Turner was the rank outsider who showed up in an audition one day, and they realized he was one of the greatest clowns they'd ever met. And these five guys, uh, because they were uh, young and full of vigor, uh, created for themselves the Duck's Breath Mystery Theater uh, and wrote uh, a new show for themselves like every week and performed it in front of a saloon crowd, basically a, cl- a, a bar in, crowd in Iowa city, in Iowa city, they found the right saloon and they put up, uh, as a five, uh, member troupe, these new plays, which they would write every week. Do you, do you, do you happen to know the name of the saloon? It's somewhere. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, Gosh, I can't remember right now. But they saved a lot of the handbills. Those were some oh, good. of the things. When that you I got find it, let him know. Indeed. Uh, then, and the the chemistry was so good, they realized they they should uh, keep doing what they're doing. Um, as I say, these were working directors and actors and writers. But when they realized that they had such a great thing going with uh, them as a five member performing troupe, who were basically all equally inspired by um by bullwinkle 
So if you take the Fireside Theater, you got five, you got four guys who grew up in the post-war period and were all into old-time radio. And what was fun for them was the idea of doing old-time radio and just ripping the shit out of it and saying, better pull your your mucklucks out of the cornstarch before they scorch. So Duck's Breath, Duck's Breath were inspired by bullwinkle they wanted to have that kind of vibe where if they brought a trunk of costumes and props to a bar they could do a 20-minute play and they could do it in anybody's basement they could do these stupid short brilliant things and it would be great i want to do this now so they went to they're the kind of group that make you want to do it wherever you are Mm -hmm. so they all in 76 moved to san francisco and the Bay Area is geographically so interesting that you could go very far north and very far south and you'd all still you'd still be sort of in the Bay Area. But the point was there was this huge variety of places where they could play mm-hmm. and still stay like in San Francisco. So they started gigging and they kept gigging and they gigged some more. There are thousands of gigs over like three years. Um, and they very slowly got a following going and they did, they wrote even more plays and they kept doing some stuff and they met people from KSAN and started doing, uh, bits for the radio, including, uh, a, uh, a, a, an alien invasion serial and got on the radio doing that for the first time. NPR discovered them and they started doing bits, short bits for NPR on the duck's breath homemade radio. And then like at about the same time, um, uh, the Ian Scholes character was created and the Dr. Science cre- uh, character were created. And they both became like the best, the things for which Duck's Breath are, are best known mm-hmm. and went on for thousands of episodes. That's probably, I hope, going to be the first. Bandcamp reissue is a 1,000 track complete reissue of Dr. Science. It's insane. It's insane. Taylor knows everything about them. These okay, I, I feel sufficiently. Um, it, it's 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 because Jason indicated me they have Iowa origins, and mm-hmm. I'm Des Moines, Iowa, born and raised, and like they were not on my radar at all. So I was wow. I became quite curious about what, this. What year are we talking about when you were the uh, the the newborn babe? Oh oh, I was I was born in '88. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, why exactly, that's yeah. that's why you missed them, right? Yeah. But then they moved to San Fran in '76. Yep. They, okay. Only rest right. I'm now realizing. I wonder if my uncle knows them. It's fine. Only, only because he's a DJ and has been in San Francisco. A disc jockey. A disking jockey. Uh, yeah, Doug's Breath was the kind of. I mean, Firesign got got through to their fans only because they were on so many records. Doug's Breath got through to their fans because they gigged and gigged and gigged and gigged and gigged. Mm. And apart from the uh, record which you are looking at right now on the floor, here in. Uh, uh, Fort Awesome, the Duck's Breath Mystery Theater album, Out of Season, there was only one other record from Duck's Breath. They only put out two records. So the way that they got known was through NPR and through actually going everywhere and and touring the sh- shit out of this whole country. Can you, uh, Jason, at this point, can you fade the audio into Johnny Cash? I've been everywhere, man. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'll I think, definitely I think do that. That's an editing choice. I will not leave in you make. just recommending I do it. I'll definitely right, do it. Right, right. No, cut said. this out. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll happen. Here, I'm writing a note right now. You see how I'm writing a note on my hand? I can hear you writing yeah. a note. I can hear the pen hitting scratch, the paper. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Um, I don't know what just happened. So this is my fault for mis-scheduling. So I want to apologize to you both. However... This has been fun. 
this whole thing. And uh, Alex, you and I should just co-host things. Has we we can keep going? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, but I feel like if we're gonna do that, we just turn it into a new episode of something else. Um, Alex, this has this has been lovely. Why don't you promote something? This won't come out for several months. I have no idea what I'm gonna have out in seven months. Mm -hmm. Several Several months, several months, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. several months from now, whatever I do have, I don't know how relevant it's gonna be. One can, and I don't have a heck of a lot right now anyway. So Uh let me. Let me, well, let me tell you what. Let me tell you sure. what. Sure. I want to promote a couple of podcasts. Please. All right. Comedy on Vinyl is available on uh, pretty much all platforms. Sure. That's hosted by Jason Klom. It's true. Dispatches from Fort Awesome mm-hmm. uh, is available on pretty much all the podcasts. That's hosted by uh, Jason Klom, Alan Rickard, and Jen is on the ether. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour uh-huh. is available on pretty much every podcast uh-huh. platform. And uh-huh. that's got uh, uh, Jason Klom and Dan Gomel. Yay. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Unimpeachable, the music of the presidents of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. That's available on pretty much every podcast platform. True, true. Uh, it's got Jason Klom and Nick Robus. And um, the pre- professional blur. You might want to think about that one. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, I have nothing to promote because uh, I don't know what just happened tonight. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for listening. There's just one thing left to say, and that's I'm sorry I missed your thing. I don't own a TV, so. You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!